You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, look, uh, I'm just going to say, you know, the culture here at Oklahoma right now is all centered on us playing our standard and us playing our brand of football. Um, and, you know, we try and go out there and have the right mental intensity, right effort, right approach to it, uh, attention to detail and discipline to do our jobs. And I think, you know, looking back at this last game we played in, there's a lot of opportunity and room for growth and maturity. Um, a lot of lessons that we can learn from and we will learn from it. Um, so. I think the, the biggest thing as we continue to go on and, and move forward is, is keeping the main thing the main thing and attacking every day and improving every day. The unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. We're just making the main thing the main thing as OU Texas gets ready to roll. And we are here with the entire crew, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Prisbillo, myself, Kerry Murdoch. So welcome. It is the OU Texas edition of the Unofficial 40. Back again after the Eskridge Lexus postgame, which I know you just heard. But hey, it's OU Texas. And by the way, don't ever complain about too many podcasts in a week. Don't ever say you shouldn't have done one. You should have just done one. No, you get... As many podcasts as we give you. It's just kind of like, God damn. Like, don't, give it a rest. Don't complain about free stuff. It's free. Take it. Anyway, that's my that's my soapbox to start it off. Uh, welcome, welcome, Josh McQuistian. Uh, good to have you back with us. He was mommy and me out of our post-game podcast. So welcome, Josh. Uh, it's good to be here. You know, I will say on the intro, I didn't hear Jalen's comments like you all did. So I was like, who is this? And then I heard main thing, the main thing. I'm like, okay, it's Jalen. <laughs> Got it. Like, like it, it took that long to figure that all out. A Jalen Hurts press conference is not uh, – it's not – poetry in motion it it I, I would 100% disagree I think it's <laughs> it, the it's most a lot of fun, it has though. become the most <laughs> uncomfortably awkward like I I take pride in some of the questions that I've asked before to Baker or Kyler like right. trying to make it awkward right. uh -huh. I don't think don't I can make to. it I can't make it any more awkward I bask in the awkwardness of a Barry Trammell to Jalen Hurts exchange. Do you want to hear some awkwardness? I've got it loaded I up. I love it. I, I think it's amazing. Here is, uh, and here's what I love about a Jalen Hurts press conference is people try to follow up just like, are you sure that's all you want to say? Like, would you like to elaborate for us a little bit? And he just comes over the top and he's like, F you, I said what I said, and I'm going to say it again. You're not getting anything else out of me. That's exactly what happened here. I think it was John Hoover, and I think Ryan Aber starts off this exchange. Hard all to treat this one, the Iron Bowl, games like that, the same than, you know, any other game? you got to eliminate all external factors. Go out there and 
focus on what you need to do and, and, and execute. How hard is it to do that, though, when there's so much emotion on games and you, know, you put so much preparation into games and things like that? How, how hard is it to just say, okay, next one? Got to go out there and eliminate all external factors, try and execute and do your job. You tell the guys that as well, the, the, your teammates and stuff, you tell them, this is how we do it? Yes, sir. And that's all I'm going to give you. I gave you my answer. That's my answer. You're not going to get a different answer out of it. And don't ask a yes or no question to Jalen because he'll just say yes or no. He's efficient. (laughs) I did like the idea that it's like, I forgot who was asking, but they're kind of digging on like, not digging, I guess, but asking him about his recruitment from by Tom Herman at Houston. Mm -hmm. It's like, or even Texas for that matter, but Charlie Strong, it's like, yeah, he went to Alabama. Like, why Why would he ever even think about going to those other schools at the time? Okay. I thought this, that was pretty funny. I like this from Eric Bailey yesterday. Hertz's opening statement was 120 words. The next 11 questions, 135. I don't think I can ever remember a player giving an opening statement during, uh, during the season. Yeah. After a win. Unless, yeah, unless it's... <laughs> Baker Mayfield talking about like grabbing his dick on the sideline or, or Joe something. Mixon, yeah, or having his first press conference. Oh, that was that was uncomfortable for different reasons than yeah. this is funny uncomfortable. That was a, we've been through hell for two years and you're finally talking to us uncomfortable, Joe Mixon. The least he could have done is brought us a couple Pickleman's pizzas. <laughs> um, all right, so Although they would have been a little cold because it was in Miami, but so OU Texas, Postmates. we're we're pretty much done with media. Um, any takeaways? Let's start with you, Bob, since everyone says I always talk over you and come over the top. I'll, I'll give you the floor, Bob Prisbello. I mean, you can see how hard OU is trying to not say anything. And the trash talk, stupid. I'm coming over top. Yeah. Trash talk has been key. <laughs> he just can't stop. He can't I stop. I can't help myself. I can't help himself. Into the it. trash talk has been coming, just flying in from Austin. And, man, people are trying to get Ronnie Perkins, trying to get Ronnie Perkins, and then Eddie finally got Ronnie Perkins. Here it is. If uh, See, I, that's how dialed in I am for OU Texas. How many times were you uh, tagged on Twitter today for Sam Cosme's <laughs> comments? A few times. You know, I don't, I don't really pay attention to the trash talk. Catch me at a, uh, you can catch me at 11 a.m. in Dallas, you know, with the rest of the Texas football team. Cash me outside. You're Cash very, me outside. You're very lucky that I didn't put... I thought about putting that in at the very end. Cash me outside. Cash me outside. How about that? I guess uh, it's outside. I, I don't know. Josh, do you think that there's been more... I feel like there's been more dialogue coming out of Austin than in recent years, or maybe I've just paid attention to it more. I... I you know, and I don't know that I've noticed anything that glaring outside of what Cosme said yesterday. Sure. I mean, yeah, there hasn't been anything, like, real inflammatory by any means. But that was a, the, the thing about that quote that struck me is he twice, like, kind of walked up to the edge and then pulled back from it. And then he was like, no, I'm going for it. They're not that good. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, he, yeah. he, he said it like, oh, yeah, we respect them. They're good players, but they're nothing we're worried about. Like, if you would have just stopped one sentence ahead, you'd have been fine. And then you had to go and do that. And I'm like, and honestly, I was like, and I like Samuel Cosby. I think he's one of the better young tackles probably in the country. I think he's a really good player. Uh, as I'm going over the, the Texas LSU game, he, he shows some good stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you look at the numbers, Texas's offensive line hasn't been anything that needs to be talking trash to anybody. I mean, they're, they're, like I said, they are, um, they are the second worst run, uh, you know, uh, 
yards per play on the ground in the Big 12 right now, I mean, that's that's saying something in a league that doesn't run the ball all that well. And, you know, so like I said, I thought that was surprising. They've allowed the third most sacks in the league. I, I, I don't know, especially with Ronnie Perkins coming off a really good performance against Kansas, I, I don't know that I'd go pissing those guys off. By the way, uh, I, I'm afraid that Lane Johnson's 40 time might be in trouble by Sam Cosme at the Combine after seeing that West Virginia play. Nice play. That dude can move. Now, playing offensive tackle has nothing to do with how fast you can run. I think Orlando Brown's Orlando proved Brown. that. Yes. So, I mean, it's not like you look at that and go, oh, shit, oh, he's in trouble. But no, it's this is a Texas offense. Like you said, Josh, like you would think that they, even with Ellinger back there, I know they have running back issues, but you would think that they would run the ball better than they have this year. And they just haven't. I mean, they really haven't. And I mean, and you think of some of the biggest yardage they're getting, and, and not unlike Oklahoma in this way, is off broken plays. You know, Ellinger mm-hmm. dropping back and passing, he, he folds. I mean, they're getting some yardage cheap. When I'm watching them against LSU, who obviously is LSU, they've got plenty of talent in their front seven as well, but they aren't just lining up and able to run at will on LSU or even anything close to it. I mean, it, it feels like, I'm watching a team that is just running to set up the pass. They're just so that they that LSU has to be aware of it. And, and that's why, to me, it feels a little peculiar. I did their red zone offensive stance. They're 16 of 18. All 16 are touchdowns. So even though it doesn't feel like they're dominant, when they get inside the 20, somehow that group is getting the job done. Except against LSU. That, but I don't yeah. understand because they did the same. Didn't they, didn't they not get in against OSU, too? Or did they didn't they do something stupid against OSU early in that game? Well, that'd be their two. They've missed two. They're sixteen of eighteen. I know the but one. But there were two against was, LSU. They the, threw no the two against LSU. Yeah, yeah. They had the drop. So I don't think zone. they did it against OSU because they had the drop. Like Maybe it was just Josh, going for it and they didn't get it, but it wasn't in the red zone. I, can't, I really can't remember. There was something weird that happened. That Freezing out the dicker. The, I, I, Carrie, I remember something. Like, there was something weird early in that, and it kind of kept OSU in that game early it, on. Yeah, Texas early in that game, you're like, can Tom Herman actually coach? Like, that was – I actually got retweeted by Jeff Ketchum because <laughs> I, I, I just tweeted <laughs> out, are we sure that Tom Herman can coach? And he, like, he like retweeted that, and Eddie's sitting here like, how does a ghost retweet? That's just real strange to me. I thought we were going to have a moment of silence, too. Oh, we had that last week. I didn't participate in that one. I want to participate in Eddie was in this waiting one. for Josh. Do you we had that remember? last podcast, yeah. I think we should have a moment of silence. Uh, Josh is... All right, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was everything that I thought it was. I, th- th- of course, I, this I talked over the moment of silence. Pod later today. <laughs> I miss him. Can we talk at all about I, anything? I don't think that I, you. I don't think that I didn't sign anything. I don't have like a gag order. I talked about it this morning. You did? Yeah. All right. So Eddie Rodasa. Floor is yours. Uh, What's yeah, happening yeah. this yeah, weekend? Let, let Eddie run it. I'll be on game day on Saturday. Uh, I spent some time with Gene Wojciechowski uh, yesterday. Is it Wojciechowski or Wojciechowski? I just, it's Wojciechowski. 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 Oh, let me just say on the book I'll, here. I thought it was Wojciechowski. Here, you have a weird well, last name. It's you spelled can, differently. And he can, said it to me yesterday. I think it's Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski. 
Yeah, because there's a C-H-O-W. Were you too focused on the performance? Uh, yes, and I gave a brilliant performance yesterday. Horns Up for Peace is going national. I don't know what time it's going to be on on Saturday, but... Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm going to be on game day. It's going to be pretty cool. Pretty excited about it. This is truly amazing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I've you. never said that, I, I don't think, to another member of the Scoop staff, but I am, I'm legitimately proud of you. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited for how it's going to... Uh, I'm interested because we did... We did a bunch of filming yesterday, and I thought that was pretty cool, just being followed around by a uh, camera crew, being and, mic'd up. And you were kicked out of any official facility. <laughs> yeah, they they said I couldn't be interviewed in sense. the uh, OU facility, which I get. I, I'm not mad about it by any means. I thought it was pretty funny, to be honest. But uh, I can't have press conferences at OU anymore either. Uh, that was also told to me last <laughs> week. Uh, but we will still have press conferences in the future. Uh, can you just not do on like camp- in the North Oval? In- oh, yeah. yeah okay. I'm at the school yeah. there. I can do anything on campus. <laughs> I am Except celebrated on campus. Facility. No more stadium clubs. Yeah, just though. not. In- no, I can do it inside the stadium. I just can't have a press conference where they have OU's press conferences. The stadium club, yeah. Uh, yes, I thought you meant the stadium. Uh, uh, but yeah, you it's- put this on Instagram. I mean, it's not like you're broadcasting it to well, the world. I put it on Twitter. I mean, it's not like a. What about Small like collection what about like just your stand-ups outside, you know, the, the I think that's stadium fine. club? Because everybody does those. Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, Dean Blevins can do one. Carrie, I can do one. I'm I'm reaching more people. Carrie, when we came together and started to, you know, kind of build this site, did you think that someday we'd have one of our guys and we were proud of him that he had not only been kicked out of an Oklahoma <laughs> facility, but has been told he cannot hold press conferences on <laughs> campus anymore. Well, I can hold press conferences on campus. It just can't twisted. be in the stadium club, yeah. oh, which sure, I think sure, is still sure. subject to be debated. We'll test the waters Do you at want some me to point. reach out to our lawyer? Because <laughs> uh, we actually have a lawyer. And I'm not talking like yeah, a fake. Freedom, freedom of uh, press. I'm not talking about like fake, like relative. Like we literally have a media specialist lawyer that we use. He's expensive. Yeah, uh, Eddie being asked yesterday if he took acting classes. That's how dominant yeah, it was, a performance it was a, it was he a gives. Outstanding performance. Uh, I and cannot it was, wait to see this It was pretty flattering, shit. too, just as far as, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, Texas kicked a field goal at the OSU six-yard line, by the way. I've been looking that up. Okay. Uh, I think that's one of their red zone. So 16 touchdowns. If it's sixteen of eighteen, that's what it's. That's what the official stats say. Sixteen of eighteen. Well, the official stats are bullshit. Because well, they've obviously kicked a field. Those goal. are stats, people, for you. Uh, Texas. Liars. What was I saying? Oh, um, it was kind of like the 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 podcast thing too for us. Is you know we travel or wherever we go, it's always cool like for people to yeah, come up and say yeah. like, yes, you know, like, we like listen. That always or, happens in airport lines. Yeah, like, absolutely. People come up absolutely. and like, hey, I listened to your podcast today. Yeah, and that's awesome. I always am flattered by that. But yesterday I felt very, I guess, flattered again. <laughs> for I, I was thinking of another word, but I couldn't really think of one. Uh, there was a lot of people that, while we were filming, that were yelling horns up for peace and uh, yelling my name and stuff like that, and it made me feel good. It, it made me think, you know what, I'm think, not going to kill myself this week. It's probably going to be next week. And to think this was all started f- with Natty's for Patty. I know. So it was, uh, yeah, we're, Even I'm, though I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Those bastards wouldn't give you $40,000. I, I wouldn't take it. I don't, I don't do handouts. Are you, uh, are you totally off the Natty train now? Uh, I mean, during softball season, we might 
kick it back together, spin the wheels again, but nah. Would you like I'm to thank on to, Will I'm on to bigger I'm on to bigger and better things. Would you like to thank Will Will Greer? Yeah, Will Greer definitely uh helped this uh the uh the horns up for peace movement, that's for sure. Are you are you willing can we give you a title like uh Oak, the state of Oklahoma's biggest influencer? Well, I I don't think I you need to give that to me. I think he, I am. He earned it. Like is there anyone that's a bigger social media influencer in the state of Oklahoma than Eddie Radosovich? Uh cuz we I don't, don't know. Really there might be some like porn stars man. or something from more out there that might be. <laughs> I don't think she's, she, they're porn stars. I was going to say her name, but. She's an OU fan, right? Yeah. Jesse yeah. Jane or yes, whatever. Yeah. Jesse Jane. She's always, a, she got arrested last year at a game. So that's, that's pretty right. cool. She's she related she? to a friend of mine. How what? related? Like an Eskimo brother or some something else? <laughs> no, no Eskimo brothers. Well, like, her former husband. Like distant cousin or something. Her former husband, the one that put the for sale sign in Katie's yard, used to be a, a pretty prominent scooper, or at least a very active scooper. Oh, that's right. He I forgot about the that. Trojan Sooner. He's something like, I don't want to say his name, but it was Josh knows who I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. And he was like, he was director. I mean, he, he had some roles in uh, some of that. Cool. Uh, yeah. Hey, no, no shame. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know of anyone else that's a bigger social media influencer than you. Yeah. I, receiving $0.0 out of it. So it's really been we worth need, my we'll, while. We'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> We're we're actively working. I think I've on missed that. the. I think I've missed the boat. I should have been selling shirts and hats and condoms for the last two years. It's hard to you know do what we do and run a side you know a side hustle. I know. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be where you were if you were concentrating on t-shirts and hats all the time. Yeah, that's probably true Th- too. This would be a hell of a week to just break out some horns up for peace. I know. Merchandise. I thought about it last Look, week and it's just too late. Tomorrow. We can, we can, if they win, we'll go all out. See, I was almost thinking this is kind of the. This would be the crest. Might, I well, mean, this is the. For this people is to the wear peak. it. Yeah. yeah. This is probably it. So we'll have to find something new. Although, I mean, there's a good chance they'll, they could repeat in the Big 12 yep. championship. That's why they can't talk smack. They'll see each other again. We will definitely. Does that take anything out of this game? Gear up for the Big 12 championship. Like, I, I kind of no, thought that earlier this week, but it's at the same time, it's like. Oh, you can't lose. It doesn't take anything out of this game because neither team can afford to lose. Like, but oh, you will not play for a national title if they no, lose on Saturday. No, no, no whoever no loses way. won't. Right, sure. Texas has a chance; they can get back in the with, race. Right. Yeah, with because one loss to LSU. Losses, as long as LSU yeah. is in the SEC championship, yeah. Texas's one loss can they can sustain that one loss now, or at the very least, is respectable. They they just they can't. Right. You know, if they go ten and two, that's not going to hurt Texas. That's right. going to be okay. Sure. So. Oh, you lose this. They don't have the non-conference this year to help them. Thanks, Chip Kelly. I mean, even a even a loss to LSU would be better than what OU. I mean, like that's the thing. Texas's non-conference loss is better than all of OU's wins in terms of the eyes of the playoff committee. Yep. You know, and it's funny though. There is the Derek King thing almost helps Oklahoma because there becomes this narrative of. Well, they played him with King. So what they did afterwards, it's a totally different team, and it doesn't relate to what OU had to face. When the fact was, Houston just wasn't very good this year. Well, we well, know they the, went one and three. We know the olds that are on that committee won't think like that, or will think like that, though, and they won't realize. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I, yeah, I no, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it is a must. Everything, everything's a must win for Oklahoma this year. 
They have to be undefeated. Well, especially when you look around the country. I mean, Ohio State's probably going undefeated. They're taking Clemson's a spot, yeah. Clemson's definitely spot. going undefeated. Alabama or Georgia's getting one of those spots. I mean, it's the, those are all the it's the fourth that's the question. And I mean, like I said, I I only say it's a question because Oklahoma's got to get through Saturday. We, Anybody else? They're a twelve point favorite at least. Notre Dame could sneak in if their loss is only at Georgia by like less than seven points too. And Georgia yeah, ends right. up winning four, the SEC it? or something. Four or five. Yeah. I mean, they were I mean, driving. You had to, they had to mm-hmm. score a touchdown. I remember the thing that I guess we can talk about here is the the interesting thing is is there a scenario that an undefeated Oklahoma would be left out? I say that there's one hundred percent no chance. No. But, <laughs> but you would have to have two two, two one loss SEC teams, correct? And, and it would be the one loss SEC beating the yes. undefeated in the right. SEC championship, right. which you know I, it would be an then interesting conversation. Screwed. Yeah, I, I now if OU didn't have the OU on the helmet, I think that the an undefeated Big Twelve team could be left out, but it won't be Oklahoma. Yep. We all Agreed. kind of agree with yeah. that. Baylor's not getting in in that Agreed. situation. Right. TCU's yep. not getting in. Or whoever. OSU. Yeah. Or, you know, whoever it may be. Almost regardless, if Oklahoma or Texas are undefeated, they're going to the playoffs. Sure. I mean, that, that, that's that's going to happen almost every year. Anybody else in the conference? I agree. It's, it's nowhere near a sure thing. 100%. I got it, Carrie. You know this annoyed me, so I had to look it up. Yes. It was fourth and three at the OSU 28 when Rashawn Johnson was stopped. So they weren't in the red zone. Okay. Well done. I knew there was something. Yep. Carrie was right. Yeah, there was something. But it annoyed I me. Was. So I just had to of keep course, Of course, Bob, Carrie and I are like, yeah, something happened. Of course, Bob actually brings a fact. You know, like, he looks it up while we were talking about it. Moving on. So, uh, for Oklahoma. Was that against LSU? OSU. They OSU. Had, yeah. They had a fourth and three at the That wasn't a red zone. It, it didn't count as a red zone in opportunity. The red zone. They didn't have a field goal against OSU. They had five, they had five touchdowns. So you're calling me a goddamn liar is what you're calling me. <laughs> I was just looking at this. How did I mess that up? I have a question about the GD thing. Everybody's up in arms about that. No, there's nobody. There's one person. Can you can God not forgive GDs? Like when you go to confessional? I don't know. I don't really care. First and goal at OSU 3. Cameron Dicker kick attempt good. That's an extra point. Ah, well, why do they call it a kick attempt? It's an extra point attempt. That's stupid. Right? I agree, yeah. It's OSU's website, so. Okay, uh, back to OU Texas. I know everybody on the board, the thing they want to know, Lincoln Riley earlier this week says that Adrian Ely and Eric Swinson are a long way away from playing. Uh, I was told, and we'd we'd been hearing since last weekend, that Adrian Ely is likely to return for Texas. I'm going to find out more, but I asked someone today, and they said it's not a given that a- Ely returns. And Beatenbow is officially in the mode of I'm not answering those questions. Which anymore. that was, I thought that was telling. Like when he said, "Ask Lincoln," mm-hmm. like that to me. He's says, usually said guys are going to be fine. Like Marquis Hayes, he said that he'd be okay. Remember right. that? Yep. I would I would go on top of that and say I don't think he's practiced Monday or Tuesday. I think you're right. I'm uh, gonna say. In fact, I would say right. there's a. I'm 100 percent positive on that. That both of them probably haven't practiced. I I don't Swinson's think there's any. Not at, yeah, not Swinson's at all, but, done for a while. 
I think that's probably that fair. we know for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just, it is, I don't know if worrisome's the right word, Josh, but I thought it was startling the way that Bill Beatenbo said last night. I'll be honest, guys. Tyrese Robinson's played tackle for 10 days. <laughs> I mean, the, the tackle situation is not good right now. How do you think that that affects things moving forward just as far as this weekend? That's what baffles me. I mean, like, it's like there was no preparation for this being a possibility. I mean, neither. R.J. Proctor is a career guard that's been slid out to tackle because he has to be. You've got no backup for Adrian Ely other than another guard to slide out there, which we know, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the way Oklahoma does things, there is some interchangeability there, but at the same time, those are usually very different type of athletes. I mean, just as a perfect example, look at EJ and Doma Ogar and look at Stacey Wilkins. Like those are very different athletes. And I I'm just surprised that there hasn't been anything else looked at or tried because it's clear David Swaby and Finley Felix are not in the cards. Those are not guys to fix this problem. So at some point do you say we're going to give Stacey Wilkins a little run here and just see what happens, see how this goes. Even And I know, I mean, I realize I'm not there every day at practice. I don't see what's happening. But I can tell you that R.J. Proctor is going to need help with guys like Joseph Osai. Like, he's not going to handle that I guy really on like the edge Osai. by himself. He's good. Yeah, that, that's going to be a problem. Now, I, watching the LSU game, they did some things formationally to kind of slide him out. It kind of in the same way we used to talk about Devontae Bond, where – he was so good near the line of scrimmage, but people would, would formate or they'd put their formation out and it would force him wide and he wasn't nearly as effective in Oklahoma's defense. Well, LSU did some of that same stuff. So, oh, you can scheme that in, but there's still plays where he's blitzing off the corner and that kind of thing. And all you're doing in that situation, yeah, he's got farther to go, but he also has a full head of steam. So, it, like I said, I think they can live with Proctor on the right side. It's not just about Robinson isn't, you know, as good as Ely because he's not, but it also weakens your interior where I feel like Hayes, Humphrey, and Robinson, that's a really good inside that was developing into a good group, but now you've kind of broken that all up and it's choppy. And I thought Bray Walker had some good moments at Kansas, but yeah, there's, there's no question that that to me, if there's a way Oklahoma loses this game, it comes back to those tackles being a problem. Josh, I can tell you um, Stacy Wilkins is not – at the acting backup left tackle right now. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you who is, and it's, uh, you're not going to like it. After I don't think I will. Proctor left tackle, who's, who's the guy after him? Me. <laughs> How you looking then? I'll show you. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> I, obviously. <laughs> was the, that, the I, thing... I would that, that's the first that. time that report that was asked another guy little, if he's looking good. Yeah, it was a little erotic. I thought it was kind of like a Joey from Friends. How are you doing? Yeah, that... <laughs> I don't know. I think I could make some other comments that would get us in trouble right now. Look, I don't want the text messages, all right? Hateful just forward messages. them to me. I He doesn't have your number. He has mine. No, no, he's saying when you get just them, forward them, forward, yeah, it. forward them to me, and I'll respond. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> that has to be some kind of... Never mind. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you move Bray Walker and Daryl Simpson like go off or from tackle to guard, that eliminated your... Redshirt guys, I'm going to power through this. That eliminates your redshirt guys that could have been backup tackles because now they're at guard. So, I mean, and they don't feel Stacey Wilkins is ready just yet, but he has played the last four games. So I think they're grooming him to get ready. 
So that yeah. if something were to happen and he's, in November, he might be ready. He's there. He's traveling. He's working with the team in, in pregame. I mean, unlike Michael Thompson, uh, who we've never seen in an OU uniform fully oh, dressed I, out. I, I definitely think if something were to happen and somebody got hurt, it would be Stacy Wilkins. I mean, wouldn't it? If something happened to Proctor well, I'd on Saturday, be him than Bill Beatonbow. <laughs> I also threw my name out there. I told him that my, I'm worried about my cardio, though. I don't think that, that would. Uh, I don't think that would work out for him. Uh, he can do that. He's he's a he's a big guy like me. So Bill he said flat out he wouldn't play Eddie. Yeah, he, he did, but <laughs> it's okay. I understand that. That's from a from a schematic standpoint. Uh, I understand what he's doing. You know, I, have I, you sent your tape in, Eddie? I mean, did you show him your high school stuff? Uh, I mean, I should. Uh, maybe yeah, I will I mean, next week, or maybe I will during the bye. Take a framed picture with you. Uh, of, <laughs> you know, and if they win, show it to him after the game. Oh, I got a, I got a picture. You got the rivals five star when you. No, I mean, you were it would be, guys it would be so much better if you took a framed photo. I don't have any framed photos. I know your mom probably does. You're Catholic. Uh, Catholic. Does anybody frame photos everywhere? Eddie, I, for some reason, I want to say I want to. I know what number you were in high school. Why? I don't know why. He I have a picture his, in my head. He will show his picture anytime you ask him. It's sixty-four, right? Right. I don't know. I yeah. knew that. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. I I was like, I'm pretty sure I know this. I I'm sure it's exactly for what Kerry just said that I've seen the picture. But I was like, I have some memory of this for some reason. I don't know where that's coming from. Would they not let you have sixty-nine? I mean, would, would you f with that guy? I wouldn't. It's a big. That's a. How much bigger those. are those shoulder pads than what you actually need? Well, I mean, state semifinalists. This is what it would is. You gotta you ever, bring it. And look at that. That is that's a he's badass. Mad, that's a badass. That's a badass pick is what it is right there. He really is. Like he's he's feeling himself right now. <laughs> Man, no, pretty good. <laughs> uh, I I did want to ask, and he would never say it, I don't think, publicly, but kind of what you were talking about, Josh, from a schematic standpoint, I mean, get technically Bill Beatembo is the run game coordinator, isn't he? Yes. I wonder what they can do to almost alleviate the pressure that's going to come from the edge because there's they're going to be I mean we saw it a little bit last week against Kansas uh this is this is an offensive line that is I guess developing is that probably the right way to say it decent inside still developing on the outside isn't very Josh, incomplete I guess. isn't Texas kind of where Oklahoma was last year and that they don't have really any elite edge rushers well, I mean, other than like I said, you'd Osai. say Osai. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, Osai's on the verge. Yeah, but um, you but say yeah, I, I mean, saw, Osai, I say hello. <laughs> wow, that's terrible, Eddie. You're better than that. Um, hello, hello. When, when, Jesus Christ, when we're when it's and Osai and yeah, I've, I've offended some folks now. Um, but the other guy that sticks out in their front to me is Malcolm Roach. He, but he's a very different kind of guy, and actually. To me, he kind of plays to Oklahoma. Oklahoma is going to be in trouble outside when you're talking about speed edge rushers. Like, if they were playing the other opponent I'm watching with Caleb Von Shoshan at LSU, that's a nightmare. That's a real problem mm -hmm. for Oklahoma. But Roach is a big, powerful guy because they run that three-man front, so they're kind of like Oklahoma's guys. But I don't think there's anybody in that front three that's like Redmond or Perkins from an athletic standpoint. But they're big, powerful kind of point-of-attack guys other than Osai who kind of works like John Michael Terry. Well, what, what more can you do except keep Sermon and Hall as 
protection guys and not only have like two receivers out on routes at times. And you I could, think you'll – oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead, just saying, and, and I mean, Lincoln Riley is not afraid to put, you know, two H-backs on the field at the same time. He's, he's run that formation a lot this year. Oh, you saw a lot of it this, you know, against Kansas. You could see – you saw more Braden Willis than we'd seen at any point in the year. You saw Jeremiah Hall a lot. I mean, and you also saw – you're starting to see more and more of that two-back that set two with Stevenson and, up, yeah. uh, uh-huh, and Sermon. So there's stuff you can do. I mean, like, you, you can uh, it's you can take a page that Oklahoma's been using and something that Texas does a lot with that quarterback draw, that lead play, where you're just going to let those rushers come upfield and then you've got Creed Humphrey and Marquise Hayes – let them be your wedge, create a hole, and you may not bust it big, but you can pick up five or six yards, and then you force Texas to stop attacking so hard off the corners because they're just running those guys right out of the play. You know what I remember about that 2015 game is when Baker was running around and getting sacked, and it was like that was such a different Lincoln then versus now. Like We were all like, and I think even Lincoln was asked about it after the game, like he did not put an, an – extra running back or a fullback in the game to kind of help chip off the edge like he just didn't believe in doing that then like to see where he's come now compared to that Lincoln Riley it's amazing it's almost like and and we've talked about it before but the the fullback or the h-back whatever you want to call it is kind of the the straw that mixes the drink for Oklahoma in a way what are you Uh, laughing about (laughs) asshole For some reason, that struck me as funny. It was funny. I didn't mean to say it like that. Uh, but you're, no, you're we, just... we, we've talked about how important that position is. It's almost like that game no, that, opened d- his eyes to it. Well, Dimitri, they, And Dimitri Flowers became a star for their offense. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Like ever since then, he's totally 100%, 150% behind an H-back. Is that package the most important piece of Oklahoma's offense going into it? I mean, it depends on how it goes. I mean, like, like, think about how many big plays a fullback or the H-back has made in the OU Texas game. Going Even going back to, you know, Trey Millard obviously had the big game with the, the jump, yeah. uh, the hurdle. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends. Like, this is what's fascinating to me is you have Lincoln Riley, n- not just one of college football's greatest minds, but if you believe everyone who talks about him, one of the greatest, you know, great college, or great football minds in the country. Like, how much of an edge does he have now that he's faced Todd Orlando? What is this the fourth time he's faced Todd Orlando or third? It'd be it's Houston. Are you counting Houston? Yeah, forget about that. Or just Texas? So it'd be the fourth, right? Yeah, Houston, Texas, and then Texas twice last year. So it's like, I mean, what kind of a chess match is that going to be? Like, is is Lincoln? Is he? Is he going to? I think that's the question. Like, does he go heavy? Does he? Is he go five wide? Does he go? I mean, like Jalen Hurts last week when they went tempo, he was so good. Good, like, and he's getting. If he's finding that he's very comfortable, maybe he goes for you know four wide and goes tempo to start the game. Uh, I, I mean, there's so many things he could do, but I think it's it's really what does Todd Orlando do and how does Lincoln Riley react? And to it's that? a very minor point, but they don't have to worry about the heat. And yeah. you know yeah. stuff like that. They sure. want they want to go tempo. Sure, go go tempo. It's not going to be ninety degrees out there. Josh, is it a? I'm interested to see like what the bigger matchup is as far as kind of what we just talked about in Texas defensive line versus a Oklahoma offensive line that's still developing or whatever you want to call it. Or is it the Oklahoma wide receivers 
versus a secondary group that is kind of where Oklahoma is offensively yep. with their line situation as far as they got guys injured, uh, very banged up, yeah. very vulnerable and open for the taking. And, and we talked to C.D. Lamb about it yesterday just in the fact that like this is the type of game if C.D. you know, I don't, we're not calling him out by Amy's because the last time he did, he shoved it down our throat. do it. He had a huge day. But it seems like this is the type of game that he could go out and he could have a 223 touchdown type performance. Or maybe oh, Jaden Hazelwood. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there I, somebody's <laughs> out there. Somebody's out there for the taking. It guess would what? Uh, if somebody does a, a prediction this week, <laughs> he's going to predict this will be Jaden Hazelwood's breakout game. Because <laughs> I've just determined every one of my predictions well, is going right, to feature Jaden Hazelwood having his breakout game. And then when it takes four weeks, he's going to be like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, but no, I, I I would be more concerned. And that's and that's the thing. Like, we talk about this conversation. I think it's more of a concern about what Oklahoma is than thinking Texas is great up front. They're not. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good group. It's a solid group. There's nothing wrong with their front seven. But they're not special or anything. When you talk about Oklahoma's receiving core, there's some special players in that group. CeeDee Lamb's a first-round pick. Jaden Hazelwood's projecting in that same kind of direction. Uh, you, you know, you look at Grant Calcaterra and his usefulness, if they ever can find a way to get him incorporated. <laughs> I mean, there, there are a lot of guys that you're uh, – Charleston Rambo, we haven't even brought up, who, you know, was asleep last week, but is a guy that's made big plays in every other game this season. Texas uh, – is in the secondary is just beaten. I mean, it, it's bad, and there are some good players. B.J. Foster's outstanding, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to excel if Oklahoma's throwing the ball forty times. That that's not his game. That's not where he's at his best. So it, it's a little tough to see how Texas consistently comes up with stops if Oklahoma's offensive line can just be okay. As long as they're not getting run over, which I don't see happening. I, like I said, Texas is not that good. So if you're just talking about where is the edge bigger, I don't think it's any question the edge between OU's wide receivers and DBs is much larger than the other. I think there's one player that Lincoln Riley would love to have a big day more than any other player on his roster. I'll tell you who that is. But first, I want to I ask you guys, you're going down to Texas you want to rip out that credit card, pay for your your coupons, your coupons. What do you want to have? What, what do you want that credit card to have on? You want it to have a big OU logo, uh, and you can do that through MidFirst Bank. MidFirst Bank uh, is our title sponsor for the Unofficial Forty Podcast, and uh, they have a special offer for you uh, if you go to midfirst.com slash slash. Let me start that over. Midfirst.com slash u forty u four zero midfirst.com slash u40 uh you can apply for the ou rewards credit card uh they are proud to be the exclusive provider of the ou credit card and if you apply today uh you can uh you can register for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience and then every qualifying purchase you make with the ou rewards credit card earns you a chance to win the ultimate game day experience uh that includes vip tickets to a football game uh, plus five hundred dollars, so you get zero percent for the first year, and then after the introductory zero percent APR, uh, then uh, your your uh, purchase balance transfer will be used, uh, and uh, you'll get between fifteen point nine nine and twenty one point nine nine APR, depending on uh, your uh, credit rating. So go and apply today for the official currency of OU and, and uh, deepen your Sooner pride with every purchase. That's midfirst.com dot com slash u forty u four zero. 
Go check it out. All right. Uh, the guy that I think Lincoln would love to have a banner day Saturday, Ramondre Stevenson. Just because Texas would have loved to have him. I mean, it would be the ultimate way to rub it in Tom Herman's Texas face. needed him. Yes. I mean, with Keontae Ingram being hurt and really not that good even yeah. when he's there. And Rashawn Johnson just kind of being a makeshift guy for now. I mean, they're they running jet Stevenson. sweeps to Diver- DuVernay all the time, I mean, they're trying to get him involved in the run game. Like, it's it's bad when, you know, you didn't get a guy, but when you clearly needed the guy more than the team that he went to, I mean, that, that's real And made the effort. Yeah. Like, when you said, please don't sign December, come in January, wait it out, and he doesn't do that. And there's a good chance he could have a, a big game. I think it's very and, intriguing as far as how these carries are going to start getting split up as they start moving forward because you have a you know a guy in Kennedy Brooks that obviously I, I think yeah. he'll play this weekend. He didn't travel to Lawrence last weekend. I think that was more of a precautionary thing after the uh, cheap hit against uh, Tech. But like, who's the odd man out? Because Hertz is going to get his uh, his fair share of carries. It's a don't Stevenson let me get has, hot situation. Yeah, it really is. Like, Stevenson has basically kind of proved to me, and I, I think, Josh, you've been kind of carrying this banner for a while. He might be the best running back Oklahoma has on the roster, and that's not a slight to Trey Sermon or Kennedy Brooks. I, I think or they're hell, all three Or hell, TJ Pledger, for that matter. <laughs> you know, that he hasn't gotten any run, but he looked pretty good against Kansas. He had a few runs. You were like, wow, that looked a little – he looked a little lighter to me. Like, I mean, and it was so late. You don't want to make too much out of it. But it looked good for what it was. Uh, but, no, I, you know, I, I've been – since I saw him, his, his tape, you know, I guess probably about last October was when Oklahoma really got serious with him. I, I thought, man, this is a guy that's – he's pretty impressive, you know, and he really was a guy that, you know – he. he the thing that I'm surprised about him when I watch him now is his ability to break big runs. I thought he was going to be maybe a half-step slower kind of Trey Sermon type of player, but I'm not sure he doesn't beat Trey Sermon in a foot race. Like I, Now, it's again, he keeps coming in late, just like we saw with Trey Sermon when he was a freshman. You would see him come in, and it, would, it looked really good, but you're like, man, that defense is tired. He's kind of beating up on a group. So... I want to see Stevenson get some earlier carries so we can really get a gauge for it. But I think just from a physical skill set and physical talent, I think he's Oklahoma's most talented runner right uh, now. There's there's two two things for those running backs. One, they got to do, they're going to have to block. And the one thing they can't do is fumble because you know right away that's going to be it. That's how you, you wonder who's the odd man out. First person that drops it will be the odd man out. Ab- Abdul Adams is somewhere in New York nodding his head to Bob. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's its kind of like everything when you talk about this offense. There's so many superlatives to use, but it, it is incredible to me how good OU's been about taking care of the football on the offensive side of the ball. And I i know that there's a lot of people that think I'm, uh, it's like talking about a no-hitter, not supposed to do it, but they just don't fumble the ball. And for the most part, they don't turn the ball over that much Yeah, from the quarterback position either. I just, you know, I, I accept in this game last year, and that's Tyler, why they, yep, yeah, that's exactly. why they dug themselves a mm-hmm. hole. The guys, what I, what I think is pretty interesting, and I, I've brought up this ranking before because I think it's a good way to gauge things that are, you know, like you can't just say total defense for Texas versus total defense for Oklahoma because you have to consider the opponents they've played. But the, th- you know, we were talking earlier about Texas's defense, and you know, the, 
I think this may be the first year when Oklahoma has a better defense than Texas in I don't know how long. I mean, it's been and, – and some of that is Texas' injuries. But you look at the S&P Plus, Oklahoma is ranked 36th in the country in defense, which is miles ahead of where they've been. Texas is 66. That I mean, that's that's a huge gulf. And like I said, I, it doesn't tell you what's going to happen, but it tells you that this defense is not just like, okay, it looks good or they're fast or they're running the ball. They're being efficient. They're doing things. They're getting off the field on third down, which we know. But you're just seeing all I, the thing that I notice more than anything in the red zone. It's getting tougher and tougher for teams to make plays against Oklahoma, where last year it was just a freebie. How do you mean, like? Well, you know, like you're seeing um, teams are having whether whether they score or not. It's not. We brought up the play a couple weeks ago against Texas Tech after the injury that uh, that Eddie was just talking about. Last year, Texas Tech just walks in after that play. I'm, I'm sorry, not after the injury, after the long run up the sideline when there was the hold against oh, Texas Tech. Oh, you're saying teams are ha- having a harder time scoring against yes. Oklahoma. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was talking about the defense, not the offense. Um, yeah, the defense is just cleaner in the things they're doing. And like I said, I think there is this – this, and Todd Orlando deserves it to a degree, but there's always this conversation about, oh, his defenses are so great. Even in the, the story Sam Spiegelman wrote today, one of the, the kids in the Houston area was talking about how superb the Texas defense is. They're like a hundredth in total defense. What are you watching that tells you they're superb in anything? And it's not that Oklahoma's gangbusters, but so far you look at these two teams and I would give Oklahoma's defense the edge right now. It's a, it's a very, you know, fan opinionated thing to say that Oklahoma's defense doesn't look any better. I mean, that's that's a total like Longhorn clinging on to. Well, they've sucked for a long time. They still probably suck. Like they've gotten better. Like it, uh, like you said, it's not gangbusters, but it's a noticeable difference. Sure. And, and on the flip, for an Oklahoma fan, Sam Ellinger is a better passer than you've seen him be. That guy made yep. some throws against LSU that I've never seen him make before. And I'll say this, too. Like, OU's defense, like, last week was really the first time they've given up anything in the passing game. The only the only real knock on OU's defense so far is they've they've lost the edge on some run plays against quite a few teams. Um, and, and that's really the only thing. And I think, you know, that's probably a lot of times it's young guys like Jalen Redmond or it's because Buki's out there. That's why they, they started David Aguebu in the last game is because they need someone to set the edge when you know against the run against their earlier downs. It was little. What do you, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to just say that it, it was little Jordan Humphrey last year, but it seems like that tight end position has always been a big killer for OU. Uh, or I mean, Texas has used the tight end. I position love the Brewer kid as a as a big killer. He had the big catch against Oklahoma State. Uh, it looks like he's going to be able to play this weekend. And I, I saw. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it Danny Davis or somebody? Dan, I was going to say Amor, but I couldn't think of his name. Uh, but anyways, looks like he's going to play. He practiced yesterday. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be interesting because, I mean, you don't necessarily want – it'd be Buki, right? Or whoever the nickelback is matching up on K. Brewer. And huh, I don't know if I like that matchup if I'm Oklahoma. Well, you could have Devin du, du, uh, Duvernay. Duvernay in the slot against Buki. I don't like my problem. options, Bob. I don't like these options. <laughs> so it'll be Jesus. We know it won't be <laughs> Chance Sylvie. No, uh, I, you know, I did think it was interesting that, that you know Alex Grinch kind of he kind of confirmed what we said on the post game pod Monday afternoon as far as 
I think they were pretty happy overall with how they played against Kansas. It was just that late fourth quarter, you give up two touchdowns, and all of a sudden, 45-7 to uh, seven looks a little bit worse than it really was. I mean, 45-20 looks a little bit worse than what it really was. 45-7, 45-13, I think you could have got out of there, and even 52-13 or something like that, I think everybody kind of backs off and almost gives them a free pass, if you will. Here's the way I think it's easiest to describe the improvement in the defense this year is that, okay, they play really well. They'll give up a big play, but it never has snowballed on them. Like, they might give up a 30-yard run, um, but then they come back and they get a team into third and nine, and then they get them off the field. But you rarely see – like, you saw a 98-yard drive by Kansas to take that 7 nothing lead – and you're just like, wow, I haven't seen much of that this year. Like, it's just a, they play, you know, solid like 90% of the time. Yeah, and then it didn't happen again. And I brought up Motley because he had the pass interference on the very first possession. That was a horrible play by him. I was just but lazy and it weird. Was. And then he played well the rest of the game. And he mentioned how that's just a change in his mindset. And he said when he got to the sideline, it was actually uh, Roy Manning that really got through to him you did everything right turn your head get your eyes to there stop you don't have to stop being physical just turn your eyes and you've got that uh you know i i gave him a pretty decent grade in the report card and everybody's like what are you talking about he was terrible just one play and so and so i go back and i'm watching for the idiot and i'm like he wasn't terrible at all like nope. i mean no. they, they completed a couple throws on him but carter stanley a couple of those throws were Bang. I mean, like, I don't know what you do about those. They're over the shoulder, beautiful throws, hitting his receivers now, like, in stride. The Robert Barnes was bad. I mean, he wasn't within, you know, eight yards of the guy when he caught the ball. Yeah. So, you gotta, I mean, you got to press him. Don't let him get off the line. <laughs> there you go. You know, so I, I just didn't understand. And it was, it's funny, man. I'm still not used to this role of being a Parnell Motley defender. I'm getting, I, it, it's, it's a weird thing. Like I start to type something mean and then I'm like, no, that's, that's not right. Like See, it, just, it happens. You forced me to go in the other, other direction because I gave him a stock down. In the I know you game. did. I heard it. I heard it. And I, I yelled. I yelled at my radio. I was very <laughs> upset. By the way, what, I mean, Bob can't eat anything anymore, really. What? Or his stomach will revolt and try and kill him. Uh, but when you could eat anything, what would you get at the fair? I never, I've never eaten one thing at the fair ever. Like in your life? Yes, correct. At any fair? Or like as a kid, you ate a funnel cake? I like funnel cake. I've never had it at the fair. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm straight. I'm, he's like the kid whose parents wouldn't let him listen to music when he was growing up. Especially like, like, are you? Did you escape from the Amish community? <laughs> Bob's room was full of like glass figurines. I don't think I've had, and they were either rabbits or clowns. It's been a couple of years since I've had a corn dog. I usually always stop and have a have a beer at least, even if I just chug it before I'm walking out. I gotta have one. Yeah, that, but that cold beer in the wax cup. Oh, it's is, just it's, it's it's amazing. Divine. Yes, it's that's what I that's what gets me down there every year. <laughs> that in the game. I, I think that I, I'm going to tell you this. I think the Fletcher's corny dog is overrated. I think corn dogs in general, general are overrated. Right. I think they're yeah. terrible. Agreed. I've never, I've Agreed. never won, and I think the Fletcher's corn dog is the only one I've ever really had. But I've never just bit into one and been like, oh, this is great. To me, I, like I, the breaded 
hot dog. To, to me, the yeah, hot dog. the batter is uh, like it's a little dry. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have enough. Uh, I don't knowledge? think I have a, yeah knowledge <laughs> and history of a corn dog to know. I've just never had a hot dog and thought, you know what, this needs more breading. Like this yeah, needs more yeah. breading around it. Like I don't understand that concept. Yeah, usually it needs when to you be have harder a hot, to get to. Usually when you have a hot dog, it's like, well, I guess have a hot dog. It's the only thing around. Like you, right? You're at the ballpark and you have a hot dog. You give me the choice between a corn dog and just grilling a hot dog in my backyard. I take the backyard hot dog oh, every day. Yep. I don't think hey, it's even. Uh, I don't even think that. The psycho out there is the person that would take the corn dog instead of a grilled hot dog. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. The real psycho is the guy who grills the corn dog. Do people do that? <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm there's sure there's some be. psychopath. I bet the only come place on, people come out. The only place they do that, I bet, or I uh, would imagine, is somewhere in uh, Iraq, and that is <laughs> basically a trademark of ISIS. Uh, I do. I did. I, I mean, I've had the turkey leg. I love the turkey leg, but. Mm. I have to follow the golden rule, which is fat people cannot walk around with turkey legs. I put it out there on the board. We were having a discussion about fair food, and I'm just not a fan of a turkey leg. Shameful. Like, I liked it. If, it's if you, juicy. It's smoky. This it's, might kind of sound G-H-E-Y, but, like, if you just cut all the turkey off the turkey leg uh-huh. and put it in, like, a bowl, yeah, I put some barbecue sauce it's, on it. It sounds amazing. Fantastic, yeah. I don't like biting into it, though. Just like oh, holding it. Well, you like boneless wings, so that makes a lot of sense. True. That's true. Which, those are just nuggets. I mean, I... I, I yeah, I, they are. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't know. I think they're delicious. I'm not the person that fights that war. Like, I'll eat bone-in, I'll eat boneless. It doesn't matter to oh, me. Oh, yeah. I don't care if don't get me that. wrong. I will eat bone-in, but if I had a preference, okay. I would go, I'd probably go boneless. It depends where I'm at. Some places don't have very good boneless. If I'm with my children, I'm eating boneless because I need my hands clean to deal with their shit. But if <laughs> if I'm all alone, I'm gonna eat bone in. So for sure. Well, we've that, been that's the lie. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Uh, ticket prices for this thing, um, it's not pretty, and we've kind of been telling you go down this, go download the SeatGeek app. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Easy to get to, uh, and usually if you know you've downloaded it, like I'm opening it up right now. It'll probably show me OU Texas immediately, um, and uh, that way I can get to it, uh, you know, quickly. So, um, there it is. Uh, so, I'm just looking to see exactly how bad this thing is. But, yeah, starting tickets, for $401. That's the first price I saw. That's incredible. And look, I, I understand, you know, you want to try and get the best deal, but SeatGeek actually, they're searching millions of sites to bring you these tickets. Uh, they pull them all together in one place. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. So even though you might be paying a buttload, uh, well, here's 306. It comes up as a great deal, uh, and that's upper deck. I mean, that's in the that's on the Texas side, upper deck, uh, but it's considered a great deal. So you know, you know you're going to get raped over this thing there's just face it it's, you're gonna well in terms of ticket prices yikes <laughs> uh financially raped um so wear your pink shirt this weekend carrie uh, make up for that one so yeah okay that's insensitive so at least you know you're getting <laughs> you know getting it in the best way possible so in i know i know this isn't a whole lot to offer if you're paying 300 dollars for a ticket but if you use the promo code scoop you get ten dollars off so every little bit helps. That'll pay for a wax beer at least. 
or a beer. Exactly. And a you cup. can go. You can go have the fair food that Bob is not going to eat anyway. Yeah, there'd be plenty out there. So uh, go download the SeatGeek app uh, or go to SeatGeek.com. As I said, uh, it's all uh, guaranteed. We got it on my phone. It's by far the fastest and the easiest way to find tickets. And uh, I've used it to buy tickets to games for friends just because, you know, sometimes people are at games and you're just like, I'm just going to stay at the tailgate. And I'm like, F that, dude. You know, here, get a ticket. Because I don't have to buy tickets, so I feel like I need to buy tickets for other people sometimes. So sometimes I use a SeatGeek app. So anyway, download the app, use the promo code SCOOP, and you get $10 off your first purchase. So thanks to SeatGeek. Have we uh, decided, is this the biggest OU Texas game uh, played at the Cotton Bowl since, well, you were saying 20... 2011 was 3 versus 11, but I don't think people were as jazzed up like they are about this. And what was that, 55-17, the final? Yeah, it was a beatdown. So no one ever talks about it now because it was so bad. I don't so know if it... 2008. To- I don't know if it ever left, but it certainly does feel like the rivalry is back, if you will. Doesn't it? I mean, the last couple years, it's just been so weird because... Oh, it's definitely back. Sam Ellinger, like, it, Kyler it Murray, It definitely midfield. feels like everything is back yeah, it's to not, what it, what it's it used to be. not Texas playing a spoiler. It's Texas playing for national championship hopes. Breck sure. and Hager. I mean, Big 12. The, the fact they played in the Big 12 championship. And then Texas did the we're back. And, I mean, like, OU wants to beat them. I mean, not even that. But horns up for peace. I mean, you know, that alone has added so much to this rivalry. The fact that the Big 12 has legislated that somehow horns down. I think is the, the funny thing is with all of this, though, middle is middle finger. The I don't I don't think there's any Texas fans that even feel no, like they, it. They don't want it. Like either. Everybody's on the same side on this. Yes. I just it's it's incredible it's to me that everything's. Oh, well, yeah, Sam I mean, Ellinger and Tom Herman. Yes. I don't even know if Sam Ellinger feels like that. I think it's only one person. It's the biggest <laughs> douchebag in the world. Tom Herman. You're trying. Your trunk says differently, Eddie. By what? Your tr- the your, sign your, in your, your trunk your... says differently. Oh, my <laughs> trunk. I didn't know what you said. Uh, I thought you said Trump, and I was like, well. Which is, you know, which is ironic because Tom Herman's just a mercenary. I mean, he's not about Texas. He's just getting paid a whole lot of money to coach there. Is he, though? I mean, he's a graduate he of did, Texas. Yeah, he's a big Texas. I think uh, he's Texas okay. through and through, isn't he? Like, ultimately, if he were to get fired, I think that would crush him. I think that would ruin his life, and that's what I want. <laughs> that's all we strive for. <laughs> that's what we're aiming for. I need to tweet at Michelle this week. That's what I need to do. <laughs> You're probably blocked. Oh, or no. Or that'll get you blocked. No, only true losers block me. And blow 21-point leads in the fourth quarter. Well... I wasn't going to bring him up, but if you want to bring him up, I, Josh, I thought told, I thought we had him right where we wanted him this weekend. SMU undefeated, we're up thirty to nine, and we lose the game. Talking about Tulsa, I I know you are Eddie, and I I knew you were kind of living and dying with your boys there. I had a lot of fun watching that on the way back with uh with the uh, with the crew from Lawrence this weekend. Bob and I were watching the entire thing. It was. It's quite the performance. Shane Bouchelle's a pretty damn little, good little quarterback. He is. He's better than I, I would think I was ready to give him Just credit Just like for. Garrett Gilbert was a pretty good quarterback. Just might not be yeah. a power five quarterback, but good. 
when I when that was happening, I was like, oh, you know, this gives some credit to my argument that maybe TCU is better than we thought. And then I was like, oh God, TCU and, and Ames, that's that's ugly. This is, I, I don't know what that TCU team is. I have no understanding of who they are and what they are. I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know understand who how Gary is. Patterson team can be that bad. I don't know who OSU is. Like, who do you know about in this conference? I think Iowa State's okay. You I could think say Baylor, but you think they're gonna be okay? Um, you mean? Yeah, like I mean, everything's I gonna kind of. I think Iowa State might be like a nine and three team. Like they're they're okay. That'd be very um, Iowa State of them. Are they it? are they third or is Baylor third? I mean, I got to Baylor if no, for no other reason <laughs> than I, I got to stick with mine. Baylor's got a game in hand. They they've got the win, and I was all in on Baylor in the preseason. So I'm just going to ride it until it burns. That's kind of a slightly interesting game this weekend, just as far as uh, you know, Tech coming off of a what I would call a pretty big win over Oklahoma State over the weekend. They go to Waco this weekend. Uh, I think that they're a nine and a half, ten point underdog. But like if Baylor is the team that I kind of think they are, you kind of think they are, Josh, I think that's a game that they win by two touchdowns and kind of going away even. Don't you think? I think, yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I that for whatever reason – and everybody has that game. I mean, we all know just going to Lubbock in general is tough. It's tougher than people outside the Big 12 realize it is. But that's always been a problem for Oklahoma State. I mean, dating back to Les Miles era. It I mean, happens they, they, once a year. Yep, once a year they, it happens that they just no-show. Yep. And I, so I don't know why why that's been such an issue. But I don't take a lot away from that game. I still think at the end of the day, all things equal, Oklahoma State's probably the third best team in the league. But now they've got a couple games down. I mean, they're already in some trouble. They lost a game they shouldn't have. I, Iowa State and Baylor have a very real argument to finish in front of them. And I don't think – I mean, Jet Duffy is – I mean, I guess he has his moments, but we'll, ha- we'll have to see. I, I, I'm not ready to buy in and think, okay, they've turned the corner now. He's a guy that you just can't trust to go win a road game, I think. Yep. I think that's I, probably I, safe to say. Yep. And he's and a guy that's he, as likely to throw 400 yards as he is to throw five interceptions. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say it's about an yeah. even – that's, that's probably an even money prop bet you could get this week, Bob. I think ba- Baylor's defense is pretty damn good from what I've seen. They're leading the conference in sacks. I didn't realize – they're way out in front, like uh, 18 or 19 sacks, and I think OU's got like 12 or 13, and OU's been good at good pressure all year. So, I mean, that, that kind of tells you where they are. Still think that Stillwater – might be a little bit tougher than Waco, but I think that that Baylor game is definitely Sanders going to get better by the time sure you know, plays them. Too. Depending on what happens next weekend uh, with Baylor traveling up to Stillwater, correct. The winner of that game that's going to be a big game, and they're both going to be big. But I think one will probably be bigger than the other, just from just spin- a conference standings. And I think Baylor ends with OU and Texas, so they could potentially be undefeated in terms of like the schedule that they they should beat every team they play if they can get past the Cowboys. Spencer Sanders is that guy that gives me more respect for what Lincoln Riley does. Like even if like we we already all do kind of just bow down to what he's done at quarterback. Because Spencer Sanders will have that moment where you're like, wow, he's special. He's really good. And then five seconds later, you're like, what was he doing there? And he just does things that you don't see Oklahoma quarterbacks do. And I know Jalen Hurts has started for a long time. And Baker Mayfield, you know, you can go down the list. 
but you just don't see Oklahoma guys do the things that you see at all these other schools, and it just warps your perception. Like, well, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, he is. He's a freshman. He's supposed to do that stuff. But it's just it's crazy how refined our opinion has become just because these guys are so sharp at such an early stage. Well, it's like Kyler Murray had played either three or four games at Texas A&M. Started one, I think. And then his first year starting was at Oklahoma a full season. And, like, you remember the Tech game, he throws those two interceptions, and you're like, who the hell is this guy playing? Like, Kyler Murray doesn't play like this. And we never really saw that again from him. Was it Stearns that made the interception in midfield or not midfield but yeah i guess it was midfield. yeah was uh there. that was a hell that was just a poor poorly put ball yeah. but it was also Looking a pretty good play Lee morris i think was that yeah, yeah that little pop pass over the middle have has anybody asked what happened to lee morris why is he just not involved anymore? i just that that position well, hasn't the, been yeah, seen he, very he much and, in calcaterra i mean lee morris has made some catches recently and they're getting the snaps. I know a lot of people, because they don't make plays or wonder if they're even in the game, they're yeah, in the game. Yeah, sometimes on TV tape you can't see. I mean, they are. They're I think getting there's the snap just, counts. Yeah, it might be as simple as there's sometimes when when Kyler or Baker would sit in there and, and try and force something to them, Jalen's just kind of taking the ball down and run with it. I, I mean, is it as simple as that? I, I think it's safe to say this. Jalen Hurts has been taught for a long time not to throw into traffic. And when you're throwing to your tight ends, you're usually thrown into traffic. It's just like that 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 screen he 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 should have got pick sixth on against Kansas. Like he just didn't see that guy. So I think there might be, you know, it, there might be some issues with him throwing the ball down the middle, recognizing safety, stuff like that. No. Well, because he didn't throw when when uh CeeDee Lamb had over the top help that entire UCLA game, they didn't try and force it in there. And then he tries to force that one uh, to Sermon, and it gets picked. I mean, that was a crazy pick. Crazy pick, pick but, but yeah. And you had Sermon and Rambo running right next to each other. Yeah. That was just a weird play design. Any questions as far as... I don't want to say the game's going to be too big, because obviously he's played in you know the Iron Bowl. He told us that on uh, Saturday, but... this is, I mean, this is the biggest game Jalen Hurts played at Oklahoma. I'm... I'm Fairly interested to see just how he performs. Like I, there's a lot of pressure on this game. Here's the thing that I think no one brings up, and no one, you know, he wouldn't address it anyway. But yes, Jalen Hurts has been involved in big games, as you know, asked to be a certain type of player, which is a guy that has a great defense that doesn't make any mistakes on offense, that doesn't take a lot of chances. Like, now he's in a big game, though, and he has the ball in his head. He is determining the offense. Like, he he is throwing the ball a lot. He is, he is taking more opportunities than he ever has to make a mistake. To make plays, yes, but also to make a mistake. So, like, I think it's a legitimate question. Like, how does he handle that? Because he hasn't been in that position Yeah, and you, in a big game before. You look at games in, you know, the past five years or four years, Baker Mayfield made a lot of big ass plays yeah. in this game. The you know the touchdown to Mark Andrews, Kyler obviously. Murray did too. Kyler Murray, the run down the sidelines last year, uh, and to an extent, the throw to Grant Calcaterra in the Big Twelve Championship game, probably a better catch than a throw. But the hell, like, he had two touchdowns to, to Calcaterra in that game, right? Yep. And then he had a great throw oh, to Ceedee Lamb in the touchdown. Yep. First one's forgotten about. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fair question. I, I I'm excited to see, just for the fact that you know I I'm kind of with the fan base on this. I I really don't know how good this team is. I think they might be pretty good, but are they I, a playoff team? Yeah, or is I, I think that they could be a playoff team. Can this team win a national championship? I I don't know if we'll answer that question this weekend, but I do think that you know a national championship team goes out and wins this game. They go out and cover. Yeah, and this is Ellinger's third start in this game. It's a convoluted. Set. It's hard to even describe the stat. It's two fourteen and one. If you're a first time starter going against someone who has started previously. So it's not like first-time starter versus first-time starter. Sure. That, that doesn't count. And that's but always been kind of played up in this game is that the first-time starter having Baker, kind of a disadvantage. 2015, 24-17, that's the one Lincoln says they didn't play well. Kyler had the two turnovers before he turned it on. This is I know Jalen Hurts is a grad transfer and all that. This is his first game. This is Sam's third. Not saying it's going to mean anything, but it'd be interesting if, if it's Jalen Hurts that can buck that trend. Well, Bradford won Heisman and lost that game as, as a sophomore. Yep. Well, Brandon Crow lost that game. <laughs> Sam didn't. Uh, <laughs> did, he won that game in 07, though, didn't he? Correct. As a freshman? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's one of them. That's one of the two. It's Justin Fuente and Bradford that... Lost that after won. winning. No, that won oh, as, as, as first time when yeah. it was Colt McCoy's second time. Fuene was the year that James Allen had the overtime run, I think. Yes. Where he he, he ran over like Stoney. Uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking that about. That was against James, yeah. uh, James Brown. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was like 95, 96, yep. something right in there. Stoney. Wow. Ra- random flash of memory. It's a fun game. I know we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Uh, I mean, on the podcast, on the uh, post game, but the just to be in the stadium and feel the the momentum shifts is like it's that you is get that you get that you get the atmosphere so much more than we do because that yeah. is the most vacuumous press box. No, it is for anywhere. sure. Anywhere, like you can't hear a thing. Yeah, it's. I think it's the coolest. The coolest experience possible to be down on of the course, field. Of course, I that. grew up going to that game, so I know what it's like. I think but. I went down last year before Kyler's run, mm-hmm. and after Kyler's run, I, that is the first time I've really felt OU Texas. It's crazy. It's in a, and it's it's even better when you get in that situation because. I think OU, like last year, OU fans started funneling out, and then they kind of funneled back in. But I was really impressed last year. It didn't seem like it never really cleared out with OU fans as bad as it got. No, because they just kind of – didn't Texas score right at the end of the third quarter to go up 21? So it was – and OU would just score so quickly. Like yeah. that, that entire fourth quarter was just – it was unbelievable. It was, it was insane to think that OU got back in that game and even had a chance at winning it. Yeah. All right, well, it's time for another one. Uh, we're looking forward to covering it. Uh, now, a little quick, let's just go over. I, you know, Texas is the host for this game. Uh, and recruiting, you know, we were talking about this on the way back. Like, people always, you know, people that are in the media or people on radio, they're always like, wow, what a big recruiting weekend. I was like, well, not really. You know, it's not like what it used to be. I mean, like, Josh, these guys really now, they just get a game ticket. And that's pretty much all the recruiting you get to do, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they can't have any contact with the home school. They can't have any contact with the away school. It's basically they go to Will Call, get their ticket, and then they go up to uh, their seats. Now, 
the the thing that I the, the it's what's interesting about it is whether Texas invites a kid or OU invites a kid, the game itself helps both because kids see this game all the time and think, oh, I wanted to play for Texas or I wanted to play for OU. But just the environment is like, I just want to play in this game. Like, yeah. I just want to be part of this. And so there's all kinds of guys who are like, man, I, I can't lie. You know, when they came in the first half, they're kind of taking it all in. And then it gets that second half, and the guys come back down the tunnel, and they're like, man, I could see myself running down that tunnel and, you know, doing all that and, you know, having the fans go crazy on both sides and that kind of stuff. And guys just react to that. I mean, because there's so – I mean, you guys know, you were just talking about there's so many unique aspects – to this game, the state fair, the splitting them, splitting them down the middle, like everything about the game is just very cool. And so you get a lot of that. But I, I do think a big part of this game not being what it used to be is OU and Texas don't go head to head as much as they used to. There, I mean, there's still some of that, but I mean, the real battles, I mean, you know, Bob, you can attest, there's probably five, six, seven guys per class where you're like, wow, it's really coming down to OU Texas here. And we'll see what happens. But it's it's not as often as it used to be because OU's gone so national and Texas just doesn't have that in-state presence like they used to under Mac Brown. And, Josh, I used to laugh at people and say the winner of this game matters as to where that recruit is going. as like the way recruiting is. You talk to them as freshman and sophomore. One game doesn't matter. But I feel like with Joshua Eaton, for the first time in a long time, it actually might mean something. There are those occasional guys. I mean, you look back, you know, I know um, uh, one of our reporting friends, I don't want to ruin his story, I'll let him put it out, but, you know, he talked to Kerry about Adrian Peterson this week, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I spoke to him as well. That, was, that game was a big deal for Adrian Peterson. That really is what kind of started turning Oklahoma into a real threat with him. And same deal with Josh Eaton. I had a chance to go see him. Uh, you know, we can go over my trips from last week a little bit. I went and saw him uh, Friday night. And he didn't want to talk on the record, but I, I think off the record it was pretty clear that Oklahoma had really impressed him uh, during his official visit for the Texas Tech weekend. I, I, I think, and it's a lot like what I heard from Bryson Washington when it seemed like Texas was a lock for Bryson Washington, and all of a sudden you started hearing, I think this is turning around. I think this is going in a different direction. He's talking about family a lot. Like He just feels a real bond with that coaching staff, with Roy Manning and Alex Grinch and that whole group. And I think they just made him feel very comfortable. Now, it, of course, helps, as I've mentioned before, that Josh Eaton and Bryson Washington are good friends. So I, I think Oklahoma has a real chance here. I think this game, especially if the defense can come out and play well against Sam Ellinger. I mean, it, I'm not saying they've got to hold him to 14 points, but just be respectable. Don't, don't do anything worse than what LSU did because every kid respects LSU. So if you can say, you know, we were no worse than LSU on a neutral field – that's going to be fine. And Oklahoma can then sell Eaton on, we're making this progress. Look at what we're doing. And, they, you know, Texas has got all these DBs they've signed in the last few years. There's just a lot of ways Oklahoma can come at him. And I still get the impression that Texas is a little frustrated with that situation. And if Oklahoma can just kind of continue to keep the pressure up, that maybe he and Texas just part ways. And then Oklahoma is just right there to snatch him up. You mentioned that. Where was the other trip? Oh, and I also, on Thursday night, made the trip uh, into SEC territory, and it looks very much like Sooner Scoop will continue their trend in the southeast of uh, recruiting going really well whenever we go visit a guy. But I went and saw Edrin Cooper, Oklahoma's linebacker commitment from uh, kind of the north side of New Orleans, Covington. And 
you know, he's a great player. I mean, there, there's it's not hard to figure out why Brian Odom identified him early as one of his earlier offers, went after him, brought him on campus, um, and, you know, brought Cooper in a couple weeks ago for an official visit, and everything seemed to be going well until the day before I go, LSU offers him. And with me, he was very open, and he's talking, and then as soon as LSU and how that related to Oklahoma kind of came up, you could see him kind of clam up. Like, it was just – like, oh, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that conversation yet. And usually that's not a great sign. So we'll see what happens. I don't think Oklahoma is absolutely out of it because I know there's some people in his family that think maybe him getting a little farther from home could be the best thing for him. We'll see if that can hold up because there's just no question. LSU is a school he dreamed about playing for growing up. But Oklahoma has a lot of track record. That family likes Brian Odom. There's a lot of relationship there. So I know everybody wants to just say, well, this is done, this is decided. And I think in the end that's what happens. I do think there's more work to be done for LSU before it can happen. Is it confusing that this feels like the first year the OU defense has earned the right to land top-tier kids, yet this is the year they're losing Dante Manning, Ryan Watts, maybe Edger and Cooper? It's it's inexplicable. It, it you can't no wrap your head around it. Because not only are they having more success on the field, Roy Manning, Brian Odom, and Alex Grinch are better recruiters than the people they replace. Maybe Alex Grinch and Mike Stoops, you can have that conversation. Mike was a better recruiter than he ever got credit for. But, you know, you look at it, and Roy Manning is a high energy. He's the exact kind of guy that players love, and he's just getting beaten over the head with he hasn't coached corners for that long. And, and people are just clubbing OU about that. Brian Odom, I, you know, it's just a bad break. You know, a lot of years, Edger and Cooper would not get that offer. He signs with Oklahoma, and they've got their guy. Now he's got to fight for him, plus he's got to find his backup plan, who that's going to be if Cooper does defect. So there's just a lot of things that are beyond Oklahoma's control. But, yeah, I mean, other years, Manning and, and Watts and Eaton would probably all be in the boat just based on how things have gone, and for some reason this year, Oklahoma's just kind of snake-bitten in spite of all reason that they shouldn't be. What are you doing, Eddie? Why am I getting text about uh, Eddie posting <laughs> wedding photos? What? What? <laughs> this is, I don't know what you're talking I, about. I have no uh, clue what's are you, going on, Josh. Are you, are you, like, going after people for... Wedding photos? For ho- using horns down in their wedding photos? Oh, no. Somebody tweeted tweeted me a picture it said even on a day intended for love hate still finds a way <laughs> i retweeted it i was i just got a text from uh our I, boy jared i said congrats but also hashtag disgusting i i i got i got this random text in the middle of podcast from jared our boy of his wedding photo and uh he caleb and nathan and nacho are kind of giving the horns down <laughs> it's a pretty good pick in a wedding photo. I'm sure his wife, Martha, is like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, they had to retake the... Uh, I'm sure they retook it so the one that is being displayed in the household doesn't have the... <laughs> oh, I bet... No, they would proud... Jared would proudly display that. Jared would, yes. I don't know if Martha would, though. Hand gestures. Gateway gestures. Gateway gestures. I'd, hey, I uh, speaking it. of... Speaking of gateway gestures, can we make sense of the fact that we have we, we have plenty of evidence that Oklahoma has told people not to throw the horns down, and then the school's official account. Yeah, well, they're no not the athletic. De- they're not the athletic no department, though. 
they the but, school can do whatever they want. That's basically run by students. The yeah. OU account. That was a glorious tweet, though. It was pretty good. And that was great. You know what's even more funny is that sign that was on the seat sower. I think somebody really did take it down. Like, it's not there anymore. Really? Like, yesterday I tweeted a right. video it is, of it. It is not there. It was it, odd that they put his Twitter handle on there. Uh, I think that's just millennial sign making 101. <laughs> that's how you get in touch with someone. I mean, at least put your Venmo on there. Be careful, bro. That's how you get back. Yeah, you there. don't want to get Carson King. I already had to scrub my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He said yesterday, he goes, I better go back and look at some of my Twitter <laughs> to make sure if I'm going to be on ESPN game day. Yeah, I don't want Des Moines Register writing a story about me. Those <laughs> people. Oh, you I know, didn't mean you know your friend right in Des Moines already happened. <laughs> your friend in Des Moines already done that background check. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, if the, she's the not lover dead. of cheerleaders. <laughs> that old. Was she from Des Moines? I no, she's from Minnesota. She's from Minnesota. She's from Minnesota. I drive down every week from Minneapolis to see these cheerleaders. Well, guess what, lady? Maybe she was responsible for the speeding ticket that I had to pay for for you That's, last time. That doesn't make any sense. I still think I that is under. I still believe that is uh, under review, under question. I think that I've been <laughs> wronged by the state of Iowa. You have been. I think it was for celebrating a Cubs World Series victory in that state. That was my. Uh, that was that was like a uh, extended uh, debt paid. That doesn't make will. any sense. They they have the AAA franchise. I think so. Isn't that a Cub state? Yeah. They would only accept your celebrations. Anyway. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, I think our cell phones are going off so much that we have to answer them now. So, man, I've got the hiccups here at the end. So, our time is up. Uh, but we're looking forward to OU Texas. Hoping you're looking forward to it, too. Uh, remember, if you need seats, go download that Seat, go, seat Geek app. Use that the code SCOOP for $10 off your first purchase. Uh, and sign up for that OU credit card from MidFirst Bank, midfirst.com slash U40. And uh, go get signed up for that now so you can show your OU pride every time you uh, pay for something uh, anywhere, especially in Texas. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. I'm Kerry Murdoch. And we'll see you guys. Uh, the pod will be Sunday. This is the one week you can guarantee the postgame pod is Sunday. Can we? Okay, we're committed. Always, because we we do stuff with family and friends. Like we might do it after in the press box in the front. It's still a possibility. So, I think that'd be. Uh, I think we get that done. Yeah, I think that's going to be my goal. So I like that. Uh, yeah, we should have something out Saturday night, unless they lose, and then we might just do it Sunday because we're pissed. Uh, all right. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you back next uh, next week for the unofficial forty. And uh, for the Eskridge Lexus postgame pod, uh, make sure you go subscribe, like, all that stuff, review. Love hearing your reviews uh, on the podcast as well. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week after OU Texas right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.